Welcome to Fierce Female Radio. I'm your host, Estelle, from FierceFemaleCo.com, your female empowerment coach. If you're ready to dive in deep and learn all the tips, rituals, and insights to help you let go of the old version of yourself and unleash your inner fierce, then you are in the right place. This is your space for uncut and real conversations with real women about all things, dreams and desires, mindset, holistic wellness, balance, and spirituality. Hello, hello, it's Estelle here, your host, empowerment coach, and the founder of Fierce Female Co. Well, I'm super excited for this juicy episode, guys. This is also a great time for me to share with you my fierce tip of the moment, guys. I'm going to be sharing these tips, one tip per episode. And right now, I'm loving my morning detox drink. If you guys have seen me post it on Instagram, Feel free to follow me at hashtag, no, not hashtag, at Fierce Female Co. And I've just been talking all about this morning detox concoction that I've been drinking, and I'm really loving it. It's got two teaspoons of apple cider vinegar, half a lemon, half a teaspoon of turmeric, and half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper. And then you put in one and a half cups of water, cold water, and half a cup of boiling water. And let's just say I'm really proud of myself that I've actually got these measurements because Ask my fiance, I'm just not a measurement type of person when it comes to cooking. So I feel like this drink has been really amazing for me personally because it allows me to wake up and energize my body in the morning. It kind of gives me that fire, right? All that turmeric and the cayenne pepper just kind of lights up something in my body. Um, I also feel like it's super cleansing and I'm trying to get as much turmeric in my diet as possible and being really creative about it because it's a really great anti-inflammatory. So yeah, guys, let me know, give it a go. And I want to know what you think. But anyway, back to this episode, I am so excited for this because this episode, we have the beautiful Catherine Hay and she's just, just so much wisdom and so much insight and so much knowledge she has. Um, She's a clinical nutritionist and she's a gut specialist as well. And she really is just giving us so much value here in this episode. And it's breaking down the barriers and the rules that we think we need to have in place when it comes to our health. We're talking all things holistic health and nutrition. And specifically in this episode, we cover how to quit dieting and heal your relationship with food the truth about period pains and what you can do to ease the pain, how you can experience better gut health for yourself and your children, what to do about all these conflicting and overwhelming information we have about diets and how to choose something that's right for you. The rituals and strategies Catherine does to get out of the overload zone and restore her energy. And she also gets real and we talk about self-doubt and how this shows up for us in so many ways, no matter where we are at in our relationships or our careers or anything. So lots of realness, so much juiciness in this episode. I know you guys are going to love it. So let's dive in. Welcome to Fierce Female Radio. Today we are here with the beautiful human, Catherine Hay. She is a clinical nutritionist gut health specialist, female health advocate, and owner of Captured Nutrition. She is on a mission to remind women that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to health. And instead of looking at diets and current food trends, she looks at health and well-being from a really holistic perspective and isn't about restrictions. Thank God for that. Um, She also lives in the stunning Byron Bay and is really your go-to girl for all things holistic health. Welcome to the show, Catherine. 
Thank you so much for having me, lovely. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm really looking forward to all of your wisdom drops and just all your knowledge. Um, I know that I've had a couple of sessions with you before and you are just absolute golden. So I'm so excited. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you in clinic, lovely. <laughs> Amazing. So I'm going to get right into it with our rapid fire questions. Yes. So most importantly, what is your favorite Beyonce song? Crazy in Love. I have loved this song ever since you know, I was a teenager and I just love it. I just, I don't know why I just love it. <laughs> it is actually the best song. And what about that film clip with her and Jay-Z? So hot. That, that's it. I'm like, you are just girl boss. It's <laughs> 100%. Love that one. Um, and so what does your morning ritual look like? Now, good question. So I'm trying to change mine up a bit because I definitely, you know, it was... When I'm in a good morning routine, ritual, like I know I'm a better person. So at the moment I'm using um, the Bloom app. So I'm doing a morning meditation and I'm also having my coffee with all my medicinal mushrooms and collagen. And that's like my little time before I start the day. So I usually wake up at around 5.45 and that's my hour to myself, just doing a little meditation, having a nice coffee, and then I'm kind of prepared for the day. That sounds amazing. What type of um, medicinal mushroom did you say did you use? So I kind of rotate depending on how I'm feeling, but usually in the morning I'll use Life Cycles um, Lion's Mane just to give me that brain power and to help with my cognitive function, um, especially mm. if I've got a clinic day, I need all the brain power I can get. So that's, that's my one that I usually go to. If I want like the chill out vibes, I go for Reishi. Amazing. So do you just add that with your, like with your coffee, with your black coffee? Yeah. Yeah, I just put, um, I use the life cycle ones just purely because they're user friendly. So they're in dropper full. So I use two squirts of those in my coffee um, with collagen. And yeah, that's just every morning. That's what I have every morning. Oh my God, I love that. And I also really like that you, you said you have your coffee and you meditate, but then you wake up an extra hour. So you really, that sounds like really relaxing. Like you're not trying to do 500 different things in your morning routine. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm such a like creature of habit. So I like to take my mornings really slowly. Um, so I will wake up, yeah, an hour before I have to be, you know, out the door or, you know, start work, anything like that, just so that's my time. And I find like it's always the quietest time of the day. Um, so yeah, I think I've always done that though. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. I love that. And what would be one book that you would want every woman to read if you could only choose one? Oh my God, Period Re Repair Manual by Lara, Lara Bryden. It's fantastic, fantastic. Mm. Have you what? heard of it? I've never, no, I've never heard of this, Period Repair Manual. I'm gonna write yeah, this. Yeah, by Lara Bryden. She's, I just think she's amazing at what she's doing for female hormonal health. And I think there are so many women with hormonal health, whether they're kind of conscious of it or not. But reading that book just gives everyone the basics, like the 101 on female hormones and how to support themselves, especially if they can't afford to see a practitioner. Oh my God, that's amazing. And that's so, that's such an interesting space because I feel like there's people are only really, from my perspective, starting to talk about that more, whether before it was a lot more taboo and it still is really. But I think people are just having that conversation more freely. And I know that, you know, on your Instagram and your posts, you really kind of welcome those conversations and really try and get people, women especially, to be thinking about that. Yes, 
hundred percent because I feel like, you know, growing up in school, especially, you know, I'm almost 31, you know, at school it was always taboo. It's like, use a tampon, use a pad, get on with the day. Don't want to know that you're bleeding. We don't want to talk about the pain that you're in. It's all normal. You're a female, get on with life basically. And, you know, as I've started learning more and more about the body and talking to so many women that come through my clinic and especially online, you know, via Instagram as well, all the, just so many women just have no idea about how amazing we can support the body. And these conversations have really opened up their eyes to, oh shit, okay, this is how I've been feeling. And this actually isn't normal. I just thought that was normal because no one spoke about it. So does that mean that it is not normal to experience strong, painful period pains? 100% girl, it is not normal. Strong, painful periods are usually a sign of estrogen dominance. Um, you know, many other contributing factors as well, but it is not normal. It is not normal. That is so interesting because I just feel like every woman, exactly like what you said, every woman who, some experience obviously more pain than others, but majority of us, like I feel like experience an element of pain or discomfort or tenderness around that time. Oh, for sure. And then usually we just treat it with naprogesic or Nurofen or Panadol. Mm. And get on with the day because we don't have time to feel that pain or be in pain. And it's more of a burden than it is, you know, a celebration of getting your period. So, yeah, a lot of women just get on with it and don't actually know the extent of how bad their period pain is because it's always masked with um, pain relief. Yeah, absolutely. And so what would you say is... I know you like to, you know, you don't have a one size fits all approach. And that's one thing that I love about you. But what would you say is one thing that we could do to improve that situation for us, whether it's reduce the pain or discomfort? Yeah, perfect. So I feel like heat's amazing. So hot water bottles, heat packs are a great way to help uh, with pain relief. Obviously, if you're in the office, it's a little bit harder to do. So a really good quality um, magnesium supplement, um, magnesium glycinate is the best absorbed um, magnesium. And magnesium is just really great at helping those muscles relax, especially with period pain. And turmeric, you know, turmeric is amazing anti-inflammatory antioxidant and high dose uh, sorry, turmeric has really shown to improve inflammation, especially in the uterus. Amazing. Okay, magnesium, turmeric, and some heat around around the stomach during that time. What about baths? That's probably not a good idea, is it? Uh, baths can be good, especially you know if you've got some beautiful essential oils. I think when you bring in that medicine for the mind, that relaxation too, it's really quite beneficial for period pain. But I should also mention topical magnesium um, oils are really nice putting actually on the abdomen and that really helps with any type of muscle contractions too with period pain. Okay, amazing. So those are some, some quick things that we can do um, and just to start to then, I guess, tune into our body and recognize if we're feeling a little bit different after using some of those supplements and doing a few of those at-home treatments. Yeah, for sure. They're my, they're my go-tos for sure. Oh my God. Amazing. Okay. So good. I'm taking all of the notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what would, you, what would you say is one fierce female you are crushing on right now and why? Oh my God. Greta Thunberg. I think her name, her last name is the climate change activist who's super, super young. Um, yes. I just think she, what she's doing for those climate strikes around the world is mind blowing. So I have a huge female crush on her. 
Amazing. And yeah. it's so powerful because she is so young. She's making such an impact. Oh, such an impact. I just can't get over her progress from when she was on the street. Um, I think there's a really powerful photo of her. I think it was, I don't actually know the timeline that well, but there's a photo of her on the street um, striking for climate change a couple of years ago. And then you just see all the photos from all around the world with the climate strike, um, at the, you know, doing those climate strikes now. And there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people supporting her and what she's doing. So I just, I think she's absolutely phenomenal. Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> good. So good. Okay. So I'm going to get into a few of these questions, a little bit about your journey and your experience, because you're like this incredible nutritionist. You have your own business. You've got so much wisdom and knowledge. Can you talk to us a little bit about what led you down this path of holistic health and well-being? Yeah, so good question. So I studied, I started studying um, naturopathy, so to become a naturopath at uni. Um, and it wasn't until um, I was in my final year of that degree that I actually switched into nutritional medicine. Um, at that point in time in my life, I had lost my passion for herbal medicine. That has changed now. I think herbal medicine is fantastic. But that's kind of what led me into digging deeper into nutritional medicine because at that time I realised you know, every single process of the body requires a nutrient or an enzyme from a particular nutrient to function, not a drug, not a herb. So I really loved finishing off my degree um, in nutritional medicine. And it was because of my own health, you know, journey. I've always struggled, struggled with my gut health and my hormone health. I struggled with adult acne. I struggled with weight gain. Um, in my early 20s, thanks to hormones, that really kind of led that emotional, um, I guess, attachment to what I was doing because I just wanted to help as many people as I possibly could to, you know, learn more about their health and to feel empowered by their health and not look at it as this huge burden. Um, so then I finished my degree, then I opened Captured Nutrition. And I have been working solely as a yeah, clinical nutritionist, yeah, for the last, I've been open now for three years and it just keeps getting better and better. That's amazing. That's so amazing. And so you see your clients, because you're based in the Stunning Byron Bay, do you see your clients face to face? Also, do you do it, you know, I believe you'd also do um, appointments via Zoom. Is that right? Yeah. So um, at the moment, I purely have an online clinic only just because I'll let it slip now I'm actually building and opening up my own clinic here in Byron Bay um, yeah. congratulations that's so exciting thank you it's all we only got approved um yesterday so it's my big my big kind of news and I'm just so excited to have a huge gut health clinic here in Byron Bay oh my god that is phenomenal how exciting yeah, I'm so, I, I think I'm still in a little bit of shock. I'm like, wow, this is actually happening. You're, you're living your dream. This is it, girl. <laughs> holy, holy shit, that is amazing. Because is that, so that's, that's going to be based in Byron Bay. And are you going to have like a couple of rooms there? Like what's going to be the vibe? 
Yeah, so the vibe is I'm going in um, with my business partner, Grace. So I used to work with her in a clinic in Brunswick Heads um, a couple of months ago, and she's an amazing colonic hydrotherapist, but um, she only specializes in this special type of colonics from, I'm pretty sure it's America or Europe. Um, It's called Woods Gravity Method. So it's really gentle. She's also a counselor as well, and we all know about the brain-gut connection. Mm -hmm. So she will have a consulting room and I will have a consulting room and we'll be this amazing hub for um, gut health and for female health and we kind of combine our modalities together to give everyone that holistic um, health support basically. That's so exciting. Oh, that is amazing. It sounds so freaking good and so needed and I love that you've mentioned a few times about connection but for women with the gut and the brain. I'd love to just talk to you more about that um, and I guess because it's such a big topic, I'd just love to know why was why did you decide to specialize in gut health and why should that be important for us as women to even consider when we're thinking about our health? Yeah, great question. So the reason I specialized in gut health was obviously because of my own journey with you know irritable bowel syndrome, but then also understanding the more I kind of did my research and the more courses and study I did around the gut health, I began to realize how it's like the epicenter to our overall health. You know, our immune system resides in our gut wall, our endocrine system. So our female hormones, a lot of them reside in the gut wall. Then we also have our neurotransmitters, you know, 90% of serotonin is made and facilitated actually in the gut. So we can start to see all these different body systems coming back to the gut health. So a lot of times, even in clinic, I see women coming to me, you know, I've got constipation. And when we kind of dig into their bigger presenting signs and symptoms, anxiety, depression, you know, all of these big mental health conditions are also in the picture. And, you know, you can't treat one without the other. So I just love how much information we can actually gather from the gut microbiome and from gut health, digestive health, and then kind of turn that into that holistic health picture for you know anyone that is experiencing not only gut health, but female hormone health, um, mental health conditions and so forth. Amazing. And what would, you, what would you say is, I guess, something that we could do if we wanted to start improving our gut health? Yeah. Okay. So I would tackle it more from a food as medicine point of view. So we know thanks to amazing research that the gut thrives on diversity. So diversity for our gut microbiome to flourish um, in the gut. So when we look at good gut health, we need at least 40 to 50 different plant-based ingredients um, in our diet per week. So that, that might sound like a lot, um, but you know this includes all your fruits and vegetables, all your nuts and seeds, all your herbs and spices, and all your legumes. So that's what's pretty amazing is that our gut just needs all different species and varieties of food. So I always say to my patients, you know, instead of going to the supermarket or the market and grabbing your go-to vegetables for the week, you know, look at different veggies that you haven't used before or you don't use that often, you know, buy the squash or buy the eggplant or buy a type of green leafy vegetable that you haven't used before because that diversity for our gut bacteria is just paramount to our gut health. And that's thanks to all the new, yes, scientific evidence that supports that now that plant-based eating um, really benefits the diversity of our gut microbiome. 
So did you say 40%? Uh, 40 to 50 different um, plant-based ingredients per week. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. That's massive, isn't it? And so the I, first I, step... Yeah, sorry, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. So the first step you think... Because the first step for us is to look at our food from a diversity perspective instead of going and grabbing, you know, the zucchinis every week and the cauliflower every week and the same, same. Mixing it up a little bit is like the first step. 100%. Yeah. And I think, you know, the wellness world is kind of shoved down our throats that kombucha and sauerkraut and, you know, all these kind of gut friendly um, products are the way to go to improve our gut health. But a lot of the times that can be fueling the fire if there are bacterial imbalances. So that's why I always like to give broad for broader kind of information around gut health, always start with looking at food um, as medicine. And I think using different ingredients that's where the science shows creates the biggest impact on our overall gut health. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's such good advice because I remember someone recommended, um, I had some issues with my gut health and someone recommended that I have kombucha and heaps of sauerkraut and fermented vegetables. And it actually didn't agree with me. Um, yes, I see this all the time. And usually it's feeding some type of bacterial imbalance in the gut instead of helping it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And I do remember like, just as you're speaking about this diversity, I remember ages ago reading a book by Deepak Chopra and him talking exactly about this, how the mixes of the spices and the fruits and vegetables and just the range of flavors we need to be consuming is what is going to allow us to experience better health. Yeah. And that's, that's so true. Like for me, digestion starts in the mind. So the more excited and the more smells and mm. touches feels and tastes of food for me the better your overall gut health and overall well-being I just think even as people I think we really want to get excited by food and and having all those different tastes and sensations is such a great way to start yes I love it so good and so for mums listening is there something for mums and dads but your parents really is there something that they should be doing or could be doing to give their children an opportunity to have to develop good gut health at a young age? Yeah, that's a really good question. I speak a lot about this to my mum. So I think it's getting kids excited about the food that they're eating, you know, not just giving them dinner and saying, eating this. It's like showing them how to prepare their food or, you know, what's going into making them their dinner that's nurturing and nourishing for them. And, you know, even taking them to the super market and saying you know let's get a royal gala apple let's get a mount fuji and let's get a granny smith because that adds to your diversity you know if you got microbiome instead of even getting the same species of apples so kind of teaching kids from a young age that we need to change up the ingredients of our food to support our overall health and just getting them touching their food and smelling and tasting i think is really important from a young age as well yeah that's amazing and i love how you kind of put that education piece in there as well yeah. <laughs> just them learning and getting excited about variety. So does that mean then we shouldn't have, you know, on Mondays we have X and then on Tuesdays we have B and then is, is that what you're saying? I guess, I guess, I mean, I totally get that we can't always be, you know, having all these beautiful exotic dishes all the time using lots of different um, produce. 
But I think changing up X, Y, and B, you know, every two weeks is really important. So instead of having it on the weekly rotation, have it on the fortnightly rotation. And instead of doing, you know, spinach for, you know, three meals in that week, you do rocket or kale or some other type of collard green that substitutes what you would usually use your spinach for, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Awesome. I love that. So good. (laughs) So good. And One question that I think so many women just would really want to know when speaking to a clinical nutritionist is that there are just so many diets and so many trends and so much research and yeah, valid research and information out there about eating different types of foods, whether it's a diet high in protein, high in fats, animal products, no animal products, keto, intermittent fasting, like it's so overwhelming. Um, And knowing that there's you know, also taking into consideration that there's not a one size fits all approach, but like, where does one start? Yeah, so good. You, you know, we're going to talk about this because I see this all the time. And I think that's something why I really promote this non-restrictive approach to health is because diets and fad diets just don't work. They might work initially, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for your gut microbiome. It's not sustainable for your mental health. And I think because we're also individual with how our body responds, like high protein might work for one person, high fat might work for the other. But it's about, I think, understanding what your body thrives off and using your own intuition about what feels good. Like when you're eating something, did that make you feel good? Do I feel nourished? Do I feel energized from that food? Or do I feel worse? Do I feel fatigued? Do I feel sleepy? Do I feel bloated? And I think using your own intuition about, you know, what works for you is really important instead of following these silly fad diets and that usually promote food restriction. And then when we have food restriction, that in turn turns into a mental health issue and then food becomes a punish rather rather than something that should be ignited and celebrated. 100%. And I I feel like so many of us um, have either experienced that or do experience that restriction, which then creates this strain on a relationship on the relationship with food yes yes 100 percent. i see it every single day and you know calorie counting and oh no i can't eat that fruit because it's high in sugar and i'm like oh my god eat the fruit it's so good but because there's been so many fad you know trends in the wellness world that demonizes food it really it really concerns me as a practitioner because a lot of a lot of females, especially because I mostly see females are just malnourished. Yeah. And so in terms of the, like you said, we want to be guided by, by our intuition and everyone's really unique. So someone who maybe, you know, has experienced some challenges with their diet and is trying to kind of understand what might be the best pro- approach for them. How do they go about connecting with that intuition and starting to recognize what feels good for them after they consume food? Yeah. Great question. So I feel like it's really important if people have struggled with um, restrictive eating and different diets is to work with a practitioner um, only because they have the tools there to kind of guide everyone through that process because it is it, it can be overwhelming for some, for some females especially. Mm. Um, general advice, I guess, for me, kind of like I said before, is 
when you're eating something, if it's making you feel good, you feel energized, or even if it's more for a pleasurable taste, like chocolate or, you know, a yummy almond croissant, as long as you're feeling good and it's bringing joy to you, I think that's really important to trust your intuition. If you're eating it and it's associated with negative feelings or emotions or physical feelings or emotions, I think that's where we got to look at, okay, what was that food? Is this an emotional barrier or a physical barrier? Is it an allergy? Is it an intolerance? Or is there, because I because food restriction was in the picture, is this something to do with more restriction and feeling guilt around eating something that, you know, may have been classified as a bad food to that person? And so that's why it's a little bit of a gray, gray area of like general advice. Um, but I think working with a practitioner through that and removing the stigma and the guilt around around food is super, super important. Yeah, I love that. And then either way, what that's just teaching us to do is to connect with our levels of self-awareness and trying to be intentional and trying to reflect and as opposed to just eating whatever or just following what other people are doing and feeling guilty afterwards. Exactly, exactly. And it's all about connection. It's all about love and connection. I think if you can love and connect with your food, I think it is just so amazing what that does on a spiritual level for your overall well-being as well. Like I find food very spiritual yeah. um, because I'm such a foodie and I never deprive myself. You know, if I want a glass of red wine or if I want a whole, you know, big thing of almond croissants, I'll do it. Because what about the bottle of red wine? What about the bottle? <laughs> usually a bottle it's usually a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but you know and like I really enjoy it when I'm having it because I, I I'm lucky enough that I've moved through all those barriers that may have mm. been there when I was younger to be able to use food as a spiritual experience and a joyful experience now I love that so much that is so beautiful that is so so true because I just think that it's a sad existence if we look at the one of the main things that's supposed to nourish us and energize us as you know as something that's negative or we just have all this bullshit around it it's just it's unfortunate really but it's it's so common right oh so common and I think you know like you said bullshit that is perfect word for it that's why I have such a no bullshit approach with every single one of my patients and everything I do through social media is because you've got to cut through all the crap. Like let's bring it back to its basic simplest form. Food has been designed to nurture and nourish, but it also has been designed to ignite the five senses. So I think we've just got to really connect with all those elements to support our overall well-being in terms of with, with food. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, it's so good. So, so good. And in terms of like, I always have wondered about this one kind of area around like supplements and vitamins, right? I take a few myself yeah. and I've always kind of wondered, like if we have a balanced diet and, you know, do we then need to take 500 supplements? Like, aren't we getting all those nutrients from the food that we eat? Yeah, correct. You know, if you've got a really nice balanced diet, you do not need to be taking bucket loads of supplements unless, you know, unless you've done extensive testing, DNA testing, or you've got any underlying health conditions where we may need to supplement for a short period of time to bring back balance homeostasis into the body. But if you're eating a really well-balanced diet, there's absolutely no need for you to be popping bucket loads of supplements that are probably costing you a fortune, fortune as well. Yeah. Okay, great. And, but are there any that you would, and I know it's probably quite specific, but are there some like general supplements 
that you would recommend for women to take um, like as a foundation or do you think it's should all be kind of encompassing in the diet? I mean, I always like to start with food. I mean, food for me, if I can, if there's enough that we're getting from our food, I think that is amazing. But, you know, also we've got to take into consideration the day we live in our soils are now depleted of a lot of nutrients that we used to be getting from our food and the way agriculture is, how our food is actually produced, we're actually losing a lot of um, nutrition from our food too. So majority of the time, it is really hard to meet a lot of our recommended daily intakes of our nutrition. So we do have to look at supplementation. Um, so, you know, things like B group vitamins, I feel are essential to females and magnesium um, mm. and zinc. I think these three are amazing for all kind of aspects of health because they are cofactors to a lot of pathways in the body um, especially for neurotransmitter production anxiety depression um, immune system and gut functioning and obviously female hormone production so i guess magnesium b group vitamins and zinc are some of my go-tos but again not always my number one priority for every female so to speak yeah totally okay good i'm taking two of the three not too bad okay good what else are you taking which what 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 else are you taking so i'm taking the vitamin so wait no no what am i taking i'm taking the zinc i'm taking the magnesium i'm not taking the bees um i'm taking vitamin c and i'm taking uh, milk thistle oh fantastic amazing yeah and um some spirulina I think that I think those are the ones at the moment. But at the moment, I've I've broken my toe, so I'm trying to reduce inflammation. So I'm trying to do turmeric as well. <laughs> oh, poor thing! Ouch! Broken toes suck because there's nothing you can really do for them. You just have to kind of. <laughs> and this is torture for me. Like the fact that there is nothing, but I just need to wait and heal. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> you can't wear like all your favorite shoes. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, but it's strengthening my mind. It's strengthening. It is challenging me on many different levels in life. <laughs> who, who would have thought a broken toe would be like really good medicine for the mind? <laughs> Seriously, that's what I'm making it mean. That's what I'm making it mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, actually, that's a really good segue to another area that I wanted to touch on because, you know, you do focus on that holistic health perspective. We've spoken a lot about the body, um, but I'd love just to talk a little bit more about the mind and how really in this day and age, like we're, we're pulled in so many different directions and we're hyper-connected and often living in this overload zone um, where we're super stressed and anxious and that's kind of the way that we, that state that we're constantly in so we don't even realise we're in that space, right? Um, I'd love for you to share with us like what rituals or strategies you use to restore your energy and just how we can go about this in a practical way. Yeah, such a good question. And it's actually really interesting because I literally just got home from a mini camping trip um, to down south to the beach because as soon as I'm feeling fatigued, exhausted, overwhelmed, stressed, for me, getting back into nature, switching mm. off, you know, waking up with the sun, um, I call it my mantra, do shit that makes me happy. Um, that's one of my biggest things to restore energy and just to come back to feeling connected and grounded. So I took myself off with my husband um, on Thursday and we went down to this beautiful little town just south of Yamba. And, you know, we had a tent. There was no phone reception. 
we had a little gas cooktop and, you know, we made pancakes in the morning. We woke up with sun. I got to have my coffee. I still did my ritual. And it was just so nice being, like, not being connected to my phone um, and being able to 100% switch off. And then I came back yesterday feeling so rejuvenated. I had so much energy. I was feeling grounded. And I just have that, everything just flows when I'm in that natural flow state. And for me, that's totally nature. So that's why I moved to Byron Bay, you know, seven years ago. Um, I'm a Melbourne girl at heart, um, but I just need to be around nature kind of at my doorstep, especially the beach, because that's my thing. That is my medicine for the mind. Um, And I think, you know, when you bring it back to a practical sense, um, you know, through my Instagram, I preach that medicine for the mind, do shit that makes you happy, whether that's getting out into nature, going for a beach walk, doing some breathing exercises, you know, laughing, fake laugh. I even say this on my Instagram, fake laugh until you actually fall into a real laugh. And it works, trust me. That totally works. (laughs) It totally works. I've done that. Oh my God, I did this crazy thing one time where I attended, sorry to cut you off. I attended this like laughter workshop and it was such an awkward thing at the beginning, but at the, like, not even at the end of it, within two minutes, like full belly laughs, like hysterical. It's just, it works, you know, I agree with you. It totally works. And I think it's just about finding that thing that works for you, even if it's essential oils, massages, whatever it is, listening to an amazing podcast like yours, you know, it's all about bringing back that calm and taking five minutes, a minute, an hour, two days for you. And I think when you bring it back to being for you, it's not selfish because you just function as a better person in your day-to-day for doing those things. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love that so much. That's so good. Connecting with nature. It's so, so important. Or just doing what you love. I love, I love your little mantra. Yeah. It's so simple, but applies to everything. Like you could have answered that to majority of the answers to the questions I've asked today. <laughs> yeah, fully. I should just make that my big thing. <laughs> you should make you happy. <laughs> you can put on a sign. Put on a sign in your new, in your new, um, <laughs> I should. I'm actually sitting in my lounge room right now. I actually have it framed and I'm actually sitting next to Gucci that makes you happy. Oh my God, so good. Oh, that's so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so in terms of like some tips, like what would be some tips you would give to some of the listeners who want to prioritize their health more, but maybe feel like they don't have the time or they constantly make excuses that they don't have the time, right? Whether that's real for them or not. Like what would you do or what tips would you give people who are wanting to prioritize their health but the time might be a limitation yeah that's a good question I think this is probably going to be a bit of an eye roll but you know you've got to make the time you've got to prioritize number one and I know that is hard in the in the world we are living in Um, but the moment you stop and you prioritize yourself that's where the magic happens whether that's even a phone call booking a consultation whether it's you know, going to the supermarket with the intention to, you know, look at food differently or support the body differently. I think that's huge in itself. I think it's all about that intention to do something for you. Even if you're not sitting down with a practitioner or you're not eating that food, but the intention's there to do it or you've made that initial step, I think is is super, super important. And I feel like everyone can do that even in a busy lifestyle. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because often it's just like, often it can be just changing the way that you already do something to make it more, um, 
prioritizing of your health. Like when you're doing food shopping, it's like, well, you're going to have to do that anyway. So how can you, you know? That's it. And, you know, you, you're usually on the phone to someone or some, or you're always on your phone. So make that call to someone to support you or, or you know, book in that coffee date with your girlfriend to prioritise your mental health. You know, I think... I think like that's exactly what what you just said. You're already kind of doing these things, and now we just got to up the up the ante a little bit more, so to speak. Totally, and just being being intentional. I love I love that you said that because it's just yeah, it's so it's so important. And I and I'm glad that you kind of are just debunking that the excuse about the time because it is just an excuse. Like that's just what it is, and no one's saying that you've got to prioritize your health for you know six hours of the day. Not at all. But it's just about doing what you can with the time that you've got. That's it, and that's it. And when you put number one first, it's crazy that flow and effect in every other aspect of your life. Things just seem to flow a little bit more easier. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And what would you say is your favorite wellness hack of the moment? question wellness hack (laughs) um well actually a dear friend of mine who's also another nutritionist Liv she kind of introduced me to this wellness hack and it's changing my life but I can't take credit for it um I'm an avid coconut milk drinker avid like been on the coconut milk train for years before it even became trendy and which one do you use pardon which one do you use Coco Quench. So always abuse Coco Quench. That's just been my go-to since, okay. you know, when I was buying it back in the day, probably like 10 years ago, it was like $9 a bottle. And now you can get it for $3.50. So good. <laughs> times have changed, but um, because, you know, you just want pure coconut, right? So Liv told me if you just buy a really good can of AM coconut milk or coconut cream, take it out of the tin, put it in the fridge, you literally only need a teaspoon for your coffees every morning. So you're not going through bucket loads of coconut milk, you know, cocoa quench every day. So I've been doing that. And I feel like that's the best wellness hack ever because I'm not going through cartons and cartons and cartons of cocoa quench. And I only need a teaspoon of coconut cream or coconut milk from the actual can because it's a hundred percent or usually, you know, 99% coconut. Wow. That is such a good tip. So literally just one of those the cans, and I know that brand you're talking about, just the cream or the milk, keeping it in the fridge and then putting a teaspoon in with your like shot of coffee. Yep, that's all I do. And it lasts so long. And now I can save my Coca Quench for smoothies or cooking or whatever else. But I literally go through Coca Quench so fast. And all it is really is water, coconut, brown rice, um, milk as well. So now I'm just getting, I'm just kind of cutting out all of that and going straight to its purest form. Oh my God, I love it. I'm definitely going to try and let you know how I go. Yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. I love it. Oh my God, okay, I love loving this conversation. Um, because we like to get super honest and real here on the Fierce Female radio show, we're going to dive deep into our final segment called Behind the Scenes. It's just about where we can just open up a little bit and get real and honest about some of the bullshit you know, self-doubt that we experience as women. Um, And I'd love for you to just share a recent situation where you were experiencing self-doubt and what did that look like for you? Yeah, so good. So I feel like because I work on my own, it's just me. I have no other people to bounce ideas off. Self-doubt creeps into my body all the time. So Mm. I, I feel like I experience this, you know, very regularly. But I guess the biggest kind of 
thing with me was we weren't going to get approved for the clinic. That for me, my self-doubt came in. No, you're not good enough. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to find, you know, going to have to rent a space through someone else. Just kept on coming in. And I'm not quite sure why, but that little bitch mean girl just mm -hmm. always was like, nah, Catherine, you're not good enough. It's not happening for you. You can put your dream to bed. You're just always going to have to work for someone else. Um, so that would be my biggest self-doubt moment until yesterday when I got approved. <laughs> oh my goodness. Full circle. And what a bitch that mean girl is. I know. I know. And it's like, when I'm thinking rationally, I'm like, no, of course you're going to get it. Of course you're going to get it. You're like, yeah. as if you wouldn't, but you know, self-doubt's a real thing. And I think we're all experiencing, all experiencing it. And especially when you're on your own in business, you don't have someone to say, oh, babe, can, can I just debrief about this day with you? You know, and then you kind of rationalize everything. It's just me. So I don't have that constant communication with someone else to, you know, move through and get through those self-doubting moments. Totally. And it's so interesting what you said. It's like the, the more alone that you are, it's kind of the more time you have with your mind. A hundred percent. And I think sometimes I'm very extroverted. So when I'm alone um, all the time, I become my worst enemy. Yeah. 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 And I think that's so like, I just think this is such an important conversation because so many people just, they don't recognize or just choose to realize that everyone experiences self-doubt, no matter how good looking, successful, accomplished, rich, whatever that chick looks like, she's experiencing self-doubt on some level. Oh, for sure. I feel like it's everywhere. And I think especially with social media and, you know, you can portray one image of yourself. A lot of people think you wouldn't have any mental health issues or self-doubt or whatever you want to call it. But when you dig in deeper, every single one of us is experiencing some type of self-sabotage or self-doubt for sure. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And what would you say is an area of your life that you're really trying to improve in? Well, I think, yeah, that self-doubt, I really, I'm really, really trying to improve the way I talk to myself as well. So mm -hmm. yeah. really harnessing that positive energy and utilizing that in my work, but also in my social life, in my relationships, my family, my friends, my husband, and just trying to be grateful and have that gratitude. Like don't sweat the small stuff. I think sometimes I get so caught up in that, that, you know, rat race that I've got to be achieving. I've got to be constantly climbing that ladder um and setting these unrealistic expectations for myself which then brings me down into anxiety i doubt myself and i get back into that vicious cycle but treating myself with a bit more love and you know openness and having those connections really helps really helps with all of that and i think um something that i've learned recently is that just you've got to slow down, girlfriend, slow down, look at the flowers, go for your walks. And then I'm in that slow state. And I think that's really important for my overall, you know, mental health and to help with anxiety, overwhelm and self-doubting and those types of things. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that so much. That's so good. The slowing down. And um, <laughs> our final question that I'd love to you know, this is now your time for you to preach a little about yourself and recognize how amazing you are. I'd love to know what your recent fierce female moment is. So just a moment where you felt really proud to be yourself. So this might sound funny, but 
I am so proud to be myself every time I see a patient. Like, honestly, I, I get so invested and I'm just so damn passionate about what I do. And when my patients kick their health goals and they are thriving, I just am so damn proud of myself because I have helped and supported them. And I think a lot of the time they've never been heard. They've never told their story. They get thrown around into the medical system as a number and not as a person. And then I've come along and I'm hearing them. I'm supporting them. I'm holding their hand through their health journey. And every time I get those positive, you know, health goal moments for my patients, I, I just, I just I'm so damn proud of myself. <laughs> As you should be. You know what? It, that is so beautiful because even as you're speaking, like you can just tell how much excitement and how much love and energy that you have for your clients and just the love and energy that you're bringing forward in the work that you do. And I just think that's so, so, so important because people just don't, I don't know about you or the clients that you speak with, but I almost feel like people don't experience that you know, and people don't expect that. So when you do get that type of engagement, interaction and support and connection with um, someone like you, it really is just like slaps you in the face. Yeah. And yeah. And I, and that's so true. And I think, you know, that is why I've become so successful in such a short amount of time because I, I'm here to listen and my patients are my priority. They're number one, you know, and I, and I love, like I love that whole journey going through it with them because seeing their lives change and seeing them what their normal was and then coming out the other end and now feeling their normal it's it's it just really ignites my soul like nothing else like absolutely nothing else oh so good so so good thank you so much for just being so beautiful and sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom and just your honesty and realness I just think that's so such an important conversation and just shows how like nutrition and holistic health, like this impacts everyone and this impacts women on deep levels from all aspects of your mind, body, soul, energy. And I just am so grateful that you've been able to share all of this with us. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so, so much for having me for this awesome chat. I really enjoyed it. So, so good. Well. I love what you're doing also. It's amazing having females like you and myself just preaching that holistic message because I think it's just so important and it's, you know, it's just been lacking in our community, but you're amazing at what you're doing too. So thank you. For bringing oh, thank that. you so much. Beautiful. You're so, you're so, so sweet. And before we go, I'd love if you could just tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, sure. So my Instagram handle is Catherine underscore Hay underscore nutritionist. Um, but my kind of big umbrella is Captured Nutrition with a K because my name's Catherine with a K. Um, and that's where you can find me, you know, my website, Captured Nutrition. Um, but my main kind of social interaction, I guess, is, is through my Instagram. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much. And we're definitely going to add that into the show notes as well. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks yeah. so much, lovely. Bye, beautiful. Bye. If you're vibing this show, please leave us a review. We would love to be of value to more Fierce Females and you can totally help us grow. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fierce Female Co. And don't forget to share this episode podcast on your Instagram story. Tag us and share your top takeaway. I would love to know what you got out of the show. And this is really a great way for you to think about what value this brought to you and how you might use this in your own life. I love you. Thank you for listening. Wishing you all the love, light, and fierceness, and we'll see you soon.